Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38, at the home of Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Uh, Thanks, Cassandra. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Uh, Great to see you all here tonight. Uh, My name is Dale. I'm one of the pastors here. And a special welcome if you're visiting us uh, tonight. Uh, Please keep your Bibles open to uh, Luke chapter 10 and these five verses, page 1615, if you've accidentally closed your Bibles. And please remember there'll be a time for questions after the talk. Well, before we get into tonight's passage... Will you please join me as I pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your word so that we can understand ourselves and how you want us to live. Heavenly Father, please help me to speak with clarity from your word tonight. And we pray that you'll grow us in how we're to live in light of your goodness to us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, When someone says to you and asks you, how are you going? What's your response? Often my response is to say, I'm busy. And I reckon I'm not the only one who says that when asked that question. Uh, It's living life, isn't it? Life can be so busy with work, family, study, doing the laundry, the grocery shopping, cooking, answering the texts, answering the emails. We all know what life is like. Life is just busy. And all those things I mentioned before, they're good, meaningful things. Things that we should be engaged in. However, Jesus has a warning for us tonight. Jesus tells us that all the busyness in life, it puts us at risk of doing something very dangerous. And tonight Jesus is going to be challenging us in how we're to live in this busy world. Uh, Tonight we're going to see three things. Uh, Tonight we're going to see, firstly, Martha's response to Jesus. Then secondly, Mary's response to Jesus. And then finally, our response to Jesus. Now, our passage tonight is in the section that's known as the travel narrative, where Jesus is setting his face towards Jerusalem, where he's going to die on the cross for us, to save us from our sin. And on the way to the cross, Jesus speaks about what it means to follow him. And that's what's going on here in the house of Martha and Mary. So let's firstly have a closer look at Martha's response to Jesus. Now Martha has invited Jesus to come into her home. 
And given Jesus is the, the rock star celebrity of, the, of his time. He's the one who thousands are wanting to hear from. He, he's, he's the one who heals the sick. He's healing the lame. So this type of person is in the house. And Martha desperately wants to get it right. I don't know what it's like at your house when you invite guests over to your house, but in the so household, we are cleaning the house. We're shoving all that kid stuff back into their rooms. We're sitting at the table. We're cooking the last dash to the shops. Then when everyone arrives, you need to get them a drink, something to nibble. Try to feed them all, all while trying to making it look effortless. There's a lot of work to do. But if you're um, in a, from a Middle Eastern background, which is where our passage is set, they really take hosting up to a new level. And so with Jesus in the house, with the cultural pressure to host really generously, well, we can all feel how annoyed Martha is. So we've got Martha here. She's trying to get everything all perfect. She's busy doing good things. While Mary, verse 39, is just sitting there listening to Jesus. Martha wants all hands on deck to make this all work. So in her annoyance, she approaches Jesus. Uh, Please read verse 40 with me. It says this. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha's annoyed at Jesus. Lord, don't you care? And Martha's annoyed at her sister. She has left me to do all the work by myself. Now you think Martha has a case. You think that Jesus would have seen all the work that needed to be done and that he would back Martha. Now, no matter how many times I read this passage, I sympathize with Martha because I'm wide like Martha. I have a high sense of responsibility and obligation. I don't like letting people down. I don't like leaving things undone. Now, part of me wants to enter the scene and tell Jesus, Hey, Jesus, there's a time for teaching and learning, but this is not it. The house is going to be a mess. No one will be getting their dinner if you let everyone just sit there listening to you. Now, on one hand, we have to understand that Martha is doing a good thing in serving Jesus this way. And Jesus, in his rebuke to Martha later, you'll notice that Jesus doesn't actually say that her serving was a problem. But the other hand is, there was a problem with Martha. And the problem isn't with what she did or with what she was doing but it's with the attitude behind why she was doing it. The key word in all this in verse 40 is the word distracted. But Martha was 
distracted by all the preparations. Uh, the word here literally means to be dragged away. So this implies that Martha, she wanted the right thing in the first place. But then something took her attention away and she was dragged away from that first thing. Uh, there were all these things that she wanted to do for Jesus. But she got so caught up with doing them that she lost sight of Jesus himself. So her fault was not that she served. Her fault that she was so overloaded with much serving. She was overloaded with so much activity that she forgot Jesus. She's so busy with dinner that she's giving Jesus her spiritual leftovers. Well, please check out what Jesus says back to Martha. Verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Now Jesus repeats Martha's name twice because he's making it clear to her that he loves her, that she's important to him. And he wants to free her of the heart issue that's causing her anxiety. You see, what's happening in Martha's heart is that the problem is she just can't let go. And she's putting more significance into her activity than she's supposed to. You see, everything had to be perfect. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing things well. But if it becomes more about you than about God, that means your activity is becoming more about your pride than who you're really serving. And for Martha, she was thinking that it was actually totally up to her to do all this, which meant she was leaving God out of the picture. And she was trusting herself more than God. So for Martha, all the busyness and the hard work, they were needed. Feeding your guests is a good thing. But busyness and hard work, well, for Martha ended up being a distraction from the best thing. Well, what is that best thing? Uh, Well, let's have a closer look at what Mary's doing. It's our second point. That's the thing. The thing about sitting at someone's feet actually implies not only that you're giving that person your full attention, but it's actually showing how you're submitting to them, where you're recognizing your place before them. Uh, this is actually contrasted in the same chapter of Luke 10, where the lawyer, 13 verses earlier, in verse 25, Luke describes the lawyer who stood up as he arrogantly questioned Jesus. You see, the posture of sitting at his feet, it's a picture of being ready to listen, ready to learn, ready to believe. Now compared to Martha and all the things she thought needed to be done, 
Jesus says, there's only one thing above all else that needs to be done. And he points to Mary and says that she has chosen the better thing. The best thing. Now, in the original text, it actually says Mary chose the good portion. And that word portion, it's the word related to meals. So Mary's at this dinner party, and she has chosen the best portion. You know, it's just like when the dessert gets divided up at my place. The kids scan the portions served up, and within milliseconds, they bag the best one. You know how they do it. They look at which is the biggest, or the one with the most ice cream, the one with the most chocolate. Jesus says, Mary has scanned what is being served at this dinner party, and she has bagged the best portion. And it's not food. It's the good portion of sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. It's the idea that she is feeding on his words. Now what I'm about to say next is a dangerous thing to say. Because Jesus says here, ahead of your work, one thing is needed. Ahead of your family, one thing is needed. Ahead of your study, one thing is needed. Ahead of your health, your hobbies, your social life, the property market, one thing is needed. And this thing, it's not just another thing to put on your to-do list. It's not just like, you know, drink one litre of water a day, make sure you do your 10,000 steps, brush your teeth, and listen to Jesus. Now, Jesus is not another plate to keep spinning in an already hectic life. Now, he is the one thing that comes before everything else. Now, Jesus is walking into this dinner party and he's, he's telling the host, you know what? I'm the best thing that will be served today. My words will bring more life than the food that you're working so hard to prepare. Now Jesus is either being arrogant or he desperately wants to save Martha and he wants to save us from the danger of busyness. The words that Jesus speaks are life-giving words. They're words that bring real, meaningful, lasting life. He speaks for your ultimate good. In your busyness, he doesn't want you to be distracted that you miss out on what's best. But what does this mean for us as we go about this next week? Uh, Let me make uh, three points about what our response may look like. But before I unpack that, I actually want us to understand that this is not about being someone that you're not. Because if you're someone who identifies with being like Martha, this is not about you stopping being who you are. It's not about 
stop being a Martha. It's about being a Martha, but having a renewed heart, by having a merry heart. Because you see, our busyness isn't actually a sin. Well, like Martha, we can be busy with doing good things. But there's a difference between being busy and being hurried, which is actually part of Martha's problem. You see, being busy means having a full schedule. Being hurried means to be so preoccupied with myself and the situation, my life, that I, I, I am unable to be present to be present with God, or to be present with other people who are around. Being busy reminds me that I need God. But being hurried causes me to be unavailable to God. And our busyness can actually become hurriedness when we let it squeeze out God out of our lives. Again, that's exactly what Martha was doing. As she was going from one thing to another, to another, to another. You know, Jesus was busy, but he was never hurried. He was never frantic or worried or rushed. So can I encourage you? Take the time to slow down so that your busyness doesn't become hurriedness. Secondly, we need to be careful not to let our busyness be our identity. You know, we can be like Martha, where sometimes our busyness comes from how you want to present yourself to the world. Where you want to project a life of competency, of, hey, I've got it all together. It's like as if we wear our busyness like a badge of honour. Or more than that. We see our busyness being the source of our meaning in life. Where our busyness makes us feel important. Where our busyness becomes the source of our self-value. As opposed to who we are in Christ. Or other times, we can get so busy because we're just trying to please everyone all the time. Where we're saying yes, when maybe we should be saying no. At the end of the day, we need to evaluate what's happening in our hearts. What lies behind our busyness. Because like Martha, our business can easily lead us to being distracted from the good portion that Jesus has for us. Which leads us to my third point. Thirdly, we need to be like Mary and consciously take the time to rest in Jesus. Now, living in Sydney, we're time poor and we can get so overly busy, so crazy busy to the point that we don't rest properly. Now, we hear the word rest and we can tend to think, vacation or the long nap or binge watching your favourite Netflix TV show. But the biblical view of rest, which is the word Sabbath, it actually means 
receiving refreshment from God. Which in essence is what Mary was doing. You see, our refusal to rest is actually far worse than just not taking care of ourselves. Our refusal to rest is actually telling a different story than what we say we believe. Because when we refuse to rest, it's a refusal to accept that we're creatures with limits. And our refusal to rest is actually a subtle rejection that we think God is in control. That we think that he can do things without us. But also, and this is on a deeper level, our refusal to rest can be fueled by that thought that uh, if we stop, the thing that we're really living for isn't going to be fed or satisfied or quiet. You see, resting in Jesus, it's a declaration, a declaration to ourselves, a declaration to our kids, a declaration to our demanding bosses that we don't worship work or its results. Regular rest is the practice where we say to ourselves with our lives, we say that God is the one who's made the world and he rules the world and I can trust him to do it better than I can. Resting actually requires us to admit that we're not sufficient as we acknowledge the one who is. Embracing a rhythm of rest means that we have to let go of our busyness and leave things in God's hands. So everyone who's here tonight, who's, who's responded to that question, hey, how are you going with the phrase, uh, I'm busy, can I say to you, take the time to stop and embrace the idea that God has called you to rest and set apart regular time for him to refresh you as you read his word and as you pray. And to have, a, have that time, a time that's unhurried, a time that's not pressured, and a time that's focused on Jesus. Now, I'm not going to tell you how much time to spend. You may start with five minutes a day, or 15 minutes, or 50. But whatever you do, make sure you do it regularly. It's better to be regular than sporadic. As I prepared this talk this week, I've personally been challenged to not just have a time with God in the morning, but to take just a couple of minutes during the day, either between meetings or when I'm having lunch, just to slow down, to stop, and to pray. It's a way for me to stop my busyness, become hurriedness. Also, something else that I found helpful is actually having, taking half a day off, once a quarter, to actually have a personal prayer retreat. A chance to have a sizable chunk of time with God. Reading His Word, maybe reading a few chapters from a Christian book, and spending time praying and reflecting on what God's doing in my life. And the women's retreat that we heard about earlier, that is a significant component in the program. 
And down the track, I'm hoping that we can do a men's retreat for exactly that same reason. But it's not just what we do individually. But it's also what we can do corporately as we come together to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because that's important too. So not just like what we're doing here on Sundays, what we're doing right now, but our growth groups are a great opportunity to get together with others to read the word and to pray. And can I say, if you're not part of a growth group at the moment, please consider being part of one. And if you want to find out more information, please chat to myself or Peter M. or Carmen later tonight. So imagine with me what life would look like if you were to spend more time at the feet of Jesus. You might decide to go to bed earlier so that you have time in the morning to read and pray. And because you want to go to bed earlier, you might think twice about watching a show that you had no intention of watching or scrolling on the net for 30 minutes for nothing in particular. Or maybe you might feel less stressed about leaving the house a little bit untidy as you go to church or growth group. And maybe you might allow yourself to ignore those work-after-work emails or simply turn off the screens off altogether. Who knows how many little distractions that you might put aside in an effort to be more merry than Martha. And by spending time in the Word and in prayer, you'll get the extra benefits of gaining a new perspective on your hassles or your headaches or that really long to-do list. Not to mention, by getting into the Word and praying, you'll actually grow to be more like Jesus. Someone who's more patient, more loving, more thoughtful. But most of all, making consistent time to be in the Word and to pray is the first step in the solution of becoming overly busy. Because being with Jesus is the only thing strong enough to pull us away from our busyness. We won't say no to more busyness until we say yes to more Jesus. Now, it's not wrong to be tired sometimes. It's not wrong to feel overwhelmed sometimes. It's not wrong to go through seas of complete chaos sometimes. What is wrong is to live a life of more busyness than you want because you have less Jesus than you need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have loved us so much that you sent the Lord Jesus not only to save us from our sin, but to give us life that is truly life. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the source of true refreshment in a world that is too busy. We confess those times when we get distracted with so many things to the point where we don't choose the good portion of time with you. We confess those times when we have been hurried 
or when our business has been the source of our identity. We pray that you'll keep changing us, that we may have a merry heart or having a heart to serve you like Martha. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.